on another episode of the Soothing Semantics Podcast. I'm your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, smash the like button, leave your comments, share the episode with your family, friend, pet puppy. And we are here today with Sal Corolla. And before I before I mention that, make sure for all of your real estate needs in South Florida to go check out my Instagram at Rafi the Realtor. If you have my contact info, reach out to me. Make sure to tune into my newsletter which goes out every week on Mondays at 9 a.m. To, to, to stay up to date on everything South Florida real estate. And without further ado, I welcome Sal Corolla to the channel. Thank you. To How the you show. Doing? Thank, Thank you, Rafi, for having me. My pleasure. So Sal owns several offices, REMAX offices, in the tri-state area of New York. Uh, he received the uh, 2019 award for uh, the best... Uh, brokerage of the year 2019 usa remax brokerage of the year he's a real estate coach a real estate broker i'm sure there are lots of interesting things i uh don't know yet which we'll we'll get to know on the show and uh, give us a little bit of, a, of an idea of how you started in the industry and you know maybe what you were doing prior and, and how you got to where you are today okay so uh full disclosure i'm, I'm a retired nypd sergeant um i did over 20 years um during the middle of my career, I think year ten was um during um was twenty right around the uh, the attacks on the World Trade Center. Um, worked a lot of hours, obviously, um, nonstop. Besides the tragedy and everything, you know, we were making a lot of overtime, um, which I enjoyed. Um, you know, my life with extra money. When that kind of slowed down, I I knew that I had to do something else. Um, and a friend of mine. Say, I want you to become a realtor, which I did. I joined a mom and pop shop. Um, you know, whenever I do anything, I kind of, you know, dive into it full force. And I quickly started doing very, very well in the mom and pop shop. And um, it, my broker then actually said, you know, you might want to join a company like Remax because they're for more serious uh, individuals, which I, I kind of appreciated him saying that because he kind of gave me up, you know. To so how, quickly to interject, how old were you when you when you retired as a, as a cop? As a, you said a sergeant? I was a sergeant, so I was 47, 47 years old. So you started as a real estate agent at 47 years old? No, no, no. I started in my middle of the career. So oh, I'm sorry. Year, okay. year 10. Year 10. So I was in my 30s. Um, so I was I was in my 30s when I became a realtor. Um, like I said, I joined the mom and pop shop. Um, and then afterwards, uh, joined Remax and my my career just exploded. Um, I was working real estate by day and police police uh, department by night. Um, I was getting a lot of referrals through the police department. Um, I was getting a lot of uh, referrals outside of the police department. So by the time my uh, my 20th year came, it was pretty obvious that, uh, you know, I was um, well established as a realtor. I was actually making I was doubling and tripling my salary as a, as a, as a cop. So I, uh, I, you know, some people stay a little longer than 20 years, but I, I, just, I thought about it and I said it wouldn't pay for me financially. So I did, uh, retire and I became a, you know, a full-time realtor, which uh, it's funny when you say full-time because I was always working full-time hours. Um, then the company, the Remax company that I worked with shut down, um, they, uh, they went to another franchise, but I was so branded with Remax that, um, a part, two of my partners came up to me that, you know, they re reached out to me that they were in the same 
company and they said do you want to open up your own company with us and we're like and i was like yeah why not let's do it um so in 2017 we opened up uh remax elite and we quickly grew uh to well over 100 agents well over and uh four offices so i have two in staten island one in brooklyn one in queens um and we cover all five boroughs um and then also you know i've, I've been coached by you know brian buffini for for many many years um he's a well-known uh coaching coach in, in america i think he's got the biggest coaching company in in, in america for for about 16 or 17 years i'm with them so I decided to coach my realtors in my office, and that started uh, being very successful. And they were growing as realtors, and I decided to open up a company, coaching company, where I could coach other realtors um, on how to build a referral business, strictly referrals. Wow. Okay. Because I definitely like to hear about that. I'm I'm making calls as my major lead generation tool. You're making so calls, calls. Right. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, you know, I don't have to explain it to you. It's a, it's a, it's a tough way to make a call. Um, yeah, I've, I've been doing it. Sorry. It's exhausting, right? It can be. Exhausting. Yeah. You know what though? It It is, it, it is in a way. I just think that it's a necessary thing to do. And I, I'll sometimes I'll make as many as 200, 250. I've probably made 300 calls in a day. Wow. You know, I recently, I recently put a newsletter together a couple of months ago. I have about a thousand people on the list adding people to it every day. I'm a big fan of Ricky Carruth. I'm sure you've heard of him. Yes, I have. I've had him on my on my podcast as well. So I am really trying to get that newsletter to a very sizable number. Yes. And this way, hopefully, over the course of time, when I have, say, 10,000 people in the email, yeah. I think that that'll be able to give me that opportunity not to have to sit there and make so many calls. Because I don't want to be making calls forever. That's not the goal. It's yeah. It's uh, again. It's 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 brutal. The cold calling uh, could could wear you down, and 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 sometimes you know you just don't have the head for it because you know you're up against a lot of negativity. A lot of people just don't respond well. You have to mm -hmm. be able to you know move on, and you have to be a little disciplined inside. You know. I do that well. Now that's one thing I can tell you. I, I can take I can take the uh, the rejections, the screw offs. You know, I I don't get a lot of I don't get a lot of people giving me problems in terms of getting upset at me it doesn't yeah. happen too often you'll have you'll have your days but yeah I think of I'm course pretty comfortable on the phone i have fun good. with it you know good, as much good. as i can so what are some things you know I, I do want to hear more about your coaching and how you've helped the realtors but i also would love to get some tidbits and knowledge from you as someone who's been in the game for quite a lot longer than i have i've been in the business for maybe about three and a half years now so the 2023 market has been challenging for quite a lot of agents. Some agents have really uh, flourished, especially the agents that have been in the business for a while, have a long uh, history of past clients and referrals. Right. What would you say about the 2023 market for the majority of agents? And what do you think? There's so many things I can discuss with you, but in say an hour's time, I want to really try to cover some meaty subjects, the meat and potatoes. What was your experience with, say, the agents that are in your office that weren't the most experienced or didn't have 10 years under their belt? And what do you think they can do going forward in the year 2024 to make it a better year? 2023 was a brutal year for, uh, for us. Um, we were rocking and rolling until that until 2023. Um, 
the rates just went up too fast, um, kind of scared a lot of buyers away and sellers. Uh, we had a lot of experienced realtors that were working for many, many years that they were actually afraid of their business, you know, and, and, they, and they didn't know where they were going. So I, I you know, if they, if, if those type of uh, agents that have so much experience are feeling that fear, the new agents are definitely feeling the fear. So we did lose a few agents to go back to, um, you know, regular life, a salary job. And then we have some agents that were lucky enough that they could ride the storm. Um, what I did was I, I went, you know, I, I spoke to my agents all the time and we have, we have training uh, a couple of times a month through zoom and, and um, you know, and I told them this is the time to go down to the basics. You know, uh, the funny part is a lot of these agents, you know, that joined in the past few years, they've never seen a down market ever. Um, they've never experienced tough times. You know, I've been in in the business for a while, so I saw a few uh, times that uh, you know, you know, ups ups and downs. And I always was trying to explain to them that this will never last. This is going to end. And if you're if if you are laying down the foundations now, when you have the time to, you know, you will uh, benefit from from this because uh, when when the market turns, it, you'll be the one standing that everybody's going to come to you. Uh, because you've you've laid that foundations, you've been in contact with your database, you're reaching out to them, uh, you're staying in touch, and you're asking for referrals all, all the time. So that's they. What I realize is, life never stops, regardless of the bad times. People uh, get married, people get divorced, people pass away, uh, families get larger, families get smaller. You always need um, a new home. Or uh, you know you need to sell something, or you need to move. So yeah, life never stops. It might it might slow down a little bit because of the times, but it gets back into it. And we're experiencing now in this year that we're experiencing a little bit of a bump already in January and February, starting off pretty well. That's awesome. I, I love what you said, and I and I've heard this several times, but it's always super important for me to have this reassurance because you know Ricky has spoken about this many times in the last year. A lot of agents are either completely left the business and, you know, the tough ones are still standing, either the ones who've been able to make either a lot of money or enough money to get through. And it'll create a lot more market share for the agents that are still sticking around. So what I've been personally doing, no matter what happens, how many sales I get is I just make these calls. I get on social media. I connect with people. I do my podcasts. I keep putting my foot in front of the other every day. I'm just, I'm here. I'm relentless. I don't care what it takes you know, and that's, that's just what it is. That's what it's going to be. I know it sounds like a cliche statement, but I mean it 100%. So I, I'm excited for that and I'm here for it. You know, I just want to make it, make it happen no matter what. Well, you know, I was once told a long time ago that uh, real estate uh, rewards action. It always does. So if you're constantly uh, showing up every day and putting a hundred percent into the, into the effort, it does pay off. It always, it has to. It has to, right. you know, there's no, there's no secret formula to this. You just got to keep on, you got to put your head down and just keep on moving forward. Right. I completely agree. And that, I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. So what do you think? Here's just a, a simple question, but it's a deep one. What do you think separates the agents that can manage in a tough market? Say they just keep making their calls, they keep doing the work and the other agents that go, nah, this, this business isn't for me. This market's too tough. I can't handle it. 
So I, I think it's just a mindset. It's the way of looking at things. I think it's, um, you know, people get into real estate, especially years ago, because it, they saw the money coming in. They saw, I mean, let's, say, let's face it. If you, if you follow realtors on social media, especially Instagram, you would think we live the life of rich and famous. I mean, everybody's making money. Everybody's taking pictures in front of Porsches and Ferraris and things like that. Uh, dr dress really well going out. You know, you know, you would think that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a, a profession that you can make so much money, but the reality of it is yes, you could make that money, but it takes time. It takes a lot of mm -hmm. effort. And when you build a business that is, that is producing that uh, type of results, it, 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 it just, it's automatic. It keeps on rolling. And it keeps on moving. Um, so I think a lot of the agents that came in came under the false uh, pretense that it, it's very easy, that you, you can't lose. Those, I mean, and those are the agents that, are, you know, are filtered out immediately when the market changes. Then there are they see selling that, sunset. They see the open homes. They see selling sunset, Ryan Serhan, and they go, oh, my God, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to leave exactly. my, my crappy uh, shopper job. Exactly. You know, That's exactly oh, it. It's going to be so great. And then when they, when their, when their coach or their broker goes, "Sorry, buddy, you're going to have to give up Sundays. You're going to have yeah. to work Saturdays if you, you know, if you work Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to make. You're going to have to make calls. You're going to have to do a lot of boring, mundane tasks. Yeah. You're not going to do all the glam, fun things that you're seeing on TV. You, yeah. I mean, you can eventually. You definitely can. But for the long, for the long while, you're going to have to do the boring shit that nobody sees. Yeah, you got to build a business. You know, it take it takes time to build a practice. You know, and and that's what I like to when I coach uh, realtors, I I always emphasize build a business that you could eventually sell. Because mm -hmm. you know, when you retire, the worst thing is you just closed up the door and you walk into the sunset. But when you're building a business that it's producing income all the time, when I'm and, and through predictable revenue, you have a database. They know what you do and they know how well you do it, and they constantly float, you know, giving you referrals. That's the type of business that you could sell to a newer, uh, you know, agent, just like a doctor or, or uh, you know, a dentist or an attorney will pay will sell their uh, their practice, their clients. That's what I try to show my realtors that work for me that. You know, you need to build a database that is your sphere of influence that no, like not even me. I can't, I can't break into your sphere. You know, they don't know me. They don't trust me. They only know and trust you. But that's, the that takes a lot of time to build that type of relationship. It takes years, but once it's, it's, it's there, it's there. So, you know, in the meantime, do all those cold calls, you know, door, door knock, send out the mm -hmm. newsletters, send out the mailings because you're going to get a few great clients from that. And, you know, they, they, they're put into your database and then you're nurturing them over the, over the years, you know, every month, mm -hmm. birthdays, anniversaries, stop by their, their home for with little gifts here, here and there, um, little handwritten notes, things like that. They appreciate that and they will refer you out. But in order for you to build a database, you got to do the grunt work, which you are doing very, very well. So that's, you know, you just keep on building that database to the point that you don't need a database of say a thousand people. You have, a, you have, a, you have 300 to 400 people that know you that every time mm -hmm. you call them, your name pops up on their phone. You're making a fortune. Yeah. That's where you got to get to it. And then I never, and like I always say, keep on with the, if you, if you make those lead generation calls and all the activity in the big, you know, at the beginning of the day, and you have time at the end of the day to do your cold calling, go right ahead. Why not? Why not build, build it and just keep on flowing it. But it's got to, what you're doing right now is what I would advise every realtor to do in times like that, that are new, build that database, 
you know, become friends with them on social media. A lot of them just don't do that. Everybody that I get come across, I become fr friends with them on either on Facebook, you know, I follow them on Instagram so I could mm -hmm. socialize with them. You know, you stay in touch with them. And then when you make a phone call just to say hello, it's That's really good advice. To see what's going on. That's in such a light bulb cell because I, wow, thank you for that. That was awesome because I'll connect with them. What I'll do is I'll call them. I don't necessarily know them so well. James Thomas, say that's his name. Okay. You know, has a house, 500,000, isn't ready to sell right now. I spoke to him, tried to set an appointment. He wants me to keep in touch with him. I send him an email. I also send a text as well with my info, ask him to save my contact. I'll send a preview. Say I'm calling him on Wednesday. My emails go out every Monday. So I'll say, I'm also going to send you a preview of my most recent email that I sent out two days ago. Okay. So this way you can click, you can open it, look through it. And this way, when you get the next week's email, it won't look like some random spam message. You'll have seen my last email. You'll be you know familiar with it. That's what I've been doing. That's right. But I'm also going to ask them, hey, do you use social media? If they sound like someone younger or whatever the case is, I'll ask them anyway. Hey, do you have Facebook or Instagram? Let's connect. Right. You know? and, and that's that's the way to do it. You have to, you know, they have to see that there's a real side of you. There's not all business. You know, that's when, why I do the podcast, by the way. This is why I, I do the podcast. Yeah. I, and, and I think they get to know you as, as a realtor that, you know, you have your interests. You have your favorite restaurants. You have a favorite vacation spot. You have your favorite car, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, with your sports team. They see that, you know, this guy is not all business. There are realtors that I they say, listen, I'm just going to get a business page and just blast out stuff like that. And, and I disagree with that. I don't think we should have business pages. I think, you know, we should have one page and it should be interacting with business. You should have a 50-50 split, personal stuff and business. And obviously mm -hmm. when, it's, when it comes to the personal stuff, you know, try to behave, try to try to avoid the hot topics, the politics, mm -hmm. the religion, whatever's going on in, in the world. Um Try to look professional because it does stay with you and it's hard to, uh, you know, erase. Yeah, so that's one thing I do that's a little risky, but I also think that's an interesting topic and you can give me your thoughts, even if, you know, you have some criticism for it. I can get a little controversial on my podcast, um, but the, these there's just certain topics that are so important to me. And I know that I could lose some clients by doing it. Like, for example, I'll just cover, I, I cover the Israeli-Palestinian conflicts. I was in the Israeli army and it's, a, it's an important topic to me. Yeah. And I've, gone into it pretty extensively and I still want to. And I, I listened to an entrepreneur, a few entrepreneurs that I'm very, I'm a very big fan of Patrick, but David being one of them, maybe you've heard of him There's a guy, Alex Ramosi, maybe you've heard of these guys. And they essentially said like, Hey, listen, you might lose some people if they don't agree with the way you look at life. But in the long term, the people who do like what you have to say are going to be very loyal to you. And and that's kind of the route I've taken. And I understand that that may not be the, the common one because a lot of realtors are very careful with not very going careful, in certain yeah. directions. But if you, if you're going about it in a respectful way, um, I do. And you, and you try to point out, you know, both sides and, and you want, you know, obviously evil is evil. So we don't, you know, we could talk easily about that, you know, uh, you know but if you if you could say it in in a way, then then obviously even the people that are not siding with you kind of look at you as being, you know, well he's speaking in a professional way. He's he's voicing his opinion and he's really not creating a problem with with, with anything. Um, so if it's working for you, then go right ahead. The problem is mm -hmm. the majority of people can't be that disciplined and they get really hyped up. 
You know, look, look, the presidential elections, you know, the, the I mean, people get so hyped up with that. And we're living in a country that is basically 50-50 almost. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, so I don't talk American. Funny enough, I don't talk American politics, especially when I meet clients. I don't walk in the door of a listing of and I go, so Biden, Trump, what are you what are you thinking? I, yeah. I never do that. Yeah, unless yeah. you see the Trump flag flying around and, you know, then maybe you can feel comfortable saying that. But, you know, right, right. you're just you're just it's why? Why even bother? It, Don't it, bring it, it up. Right. It makes no sense. But again, yeah, you're, you're talking about more um, foreign policies, which it's right. for, I guess. Yeah. It's it, a little it, different. But I also I don't bring things up. I think I'm pretty tactful about it. I try to read the room as much as I can, yeah, you know, yeah. so where it's not necessary, it's not necessary. And where it is, it is obviously if it's someone who I can tell shares my values and they bring it up, then it can, then we can have a conversation. Yeah. And then but it that just builds so, a lot more trust with the, with the client. I, I, absolutely. Yes. That has helped me. That's definitely, I've seen yeah. it definitely has helped me. And there are people that whether they're investors or people I know in my circles who really like me because I have those shared yeah, values. Exactly. So I, I think it depends. And, you know, so I, I did want to get your feedback on it. So I'm glad you glad you said that. Uh, and also, what do you what do you think with with this whole NAR suit, you know, where they just got uh, Gary Keller to pay the 70 million and and Ricky Carruth. And I keep mentioning because I really like him in terms of in term. I'm going to be quoting you, Sue. Don't worry. Sal. So in terms of the lawsuit and what's happening now, where they're saying the buyer's agents are going to have to expect the commission from the buyers. Would you agree with Ricky that all the more so now more than ever, agents should be f really focusing on listings as much as they can? Would you would you get behind that? That that solves the, all the problems. If you're a listing agent, you avoid um, any problem because you're just going to get paid, and probably even better now through the seller, um, because you probably don't have to share that. Um, we're on charter waters over here. Um, I do feel bad for my my buyers agents in my company. Um, they they they're quickly learning how to navigate this, but it, it it is definitely changing the whole dynamics of real estate. A lot of people, you know, they've been saying this for years, Ralphie, that every every once in a while something comes up and it, it kills the market, it, it destroyed the industry. But this is just something else that came along that we have to. Uh, learn how to deal with it and move around and maneuver it. And uh, we will. I mean, years ago, uh, before I was a realtor, people were telling me that when the MLS was invented, it would destroy the market. Like they would destroy it, but it it, it didn't, right? Um, and then you Why have, were they saying it would do that? What was their fear when that You know, because, you know, they, back then in, you know, in the early, early days when I was a kid, I remember, you know, like, you, you know, you would have... Uh, companies that just sold their own inventory. They would never have to, never have to share. But it was it, uh. it, it's limited way of thinking because yeah you do get you do get both sides of it but you now you're not getting any sides of the other company so you know the MLS is also broadening your your inventory so you can make money maybe you can less also sell time, but more often more transactions right faster closings right you're, you're yeah right, so right. now this is this came along and, and and if you think about it there's probably going to be opportunities with this too you know it's buyers will find ways of getting paid well compensated well um you know sellers you know when i say buyers agents sellers agents same thing it's just it's just we just have to figure out how to do it i mean it's here if the, the lawsuit passed um you know we have to deal with it there's nothing else to it we're well, I mean, when do you think when do you think it's actually going to be implemented because i know in florida they're still doing it kind of the same way and they're kind of doing the same way in new york too um i don't think it's I, I don't think, feel anything has changed yet. 
Well, I think this came across so fast and so quickly that it kind of took everybody off guard. And I think the MLS, you know, the boards of realtors, that you know, they need to adapt certain procedures and and you know, they got they you know, they got to change documents of, you know, listing agreements and things like that. And I, we're not even there yet. We're not even mm -hmm. there yet. But I think in this time in the, in this initial time, I think this is where like just like when you have a slow market, you have times to to put things together. Now is the time to start educating yourself on how to talk to buyers and how to expect them to 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 you know to be for them to compensate you. Um, you know, again, I think at, uh, at the end of the day, a buyer could care less as long as you represent them well and you find them their dream home and you basically are solving problems. You, know, you think I'm, they're going to pay, but you think they're going to really pay, you know, say two to 3% just as calmly because they might just say, okay, well, I don't have the money. You know, I'm a young, we're a young couple. We don't have that kind of money. That could be their, their immediate excuse to kind of get out of, we'll pay you a flat fee. We'll give you, we'll give you three, $3,000. Well, that's, that could be, you know, that's a negotiation between them and, and the realtor. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. every, there's every, uh, you know, every case is different, but, um, if you're buying, I mean, the average sales price in in New York, uh, where I am right now, it's it's about nine hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, nine hundred thousand dollars a home. Right. So, you know, when you're talking about percentage wise, I, you, we're not there that they can't afford it. If 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 they if they you can't afford one percent, two percent, let's just say argument two percent, then you probably are looking at a home that is already at your max, stretching your finances. Uh, so you then you might want to talk about a, a flat fee. Uh, but it's it's something that I think um, it's here. We we can't avoid it. It's just a matter of uh, just learning how to sell yourself because, again, you are solving problems for them. And the biggest, and this is something else somebody told me, the most richest people in the world are problem solvers. Anybody who's who's good at solving problems gets gets compensated very well. So if you are a realtor working with buyers and you're solving their problem, whether they are, you know, they are moving or they just or there's a baby on the way or um, whatever it is, you're and you find them there at home, you're solving their problem. You need to be mm -hmm. compensated. And that's the way it is. And it's probably better off doing it that way, working with one buy, one agent and and making sure that everything that they're looking for all their needs and issues and their problems are met with one with you know between one client and one buyer rather mm -hmm. than jumping from listing to listing uh it, it just doesn't work well for them so you just got to just got to show them that you got hey listen that that service requires a fee right i just wonder where that's going to go meaning are our buyers agents going to start to our buyers going to have a harder time finding agents because agents are going to say, nah, this buyer is too cheap. They don't pay enough. You know, they're only willing to give me a thousand dollars. Other buyers are willing to give me $10,000. That's, that's what I just wonder. I just wonder how that's going to play out. You know what though, you know, could, could you get compensated from the, the listing agent? There's no reason why you can't. If the seller is willing to compensate a little bit to mm -hmm. the buyer's agent, it's up to them, right? This mm -hmm. is, it's not a requirement anymore, but it's up to them. So if that's okay, then you probably could make, the, you know, make up the difference in, uh, on the other side. Again, Rafi, we're in uncharted waters over here. So, you know, uh, this is all stuff that, that we've thought, you know, me and my partners have thought about and, and uh, we have, we have not started this yet, but I could see, you know, it where, you know, working itself out. I could definitely see it, you know, iron itself out.
Well, one thing I can see being a major benefit is it's going to probably kick a lot of agents out of the market. It's oh. so the agents that stick, the agents that do stay, especially the because I'm much more listing focused, yeah, much, good. much more listing focused. I, you know, I, I generate leads and make my calls to sellers only. I don't even generate leads for buyers, which I, I probably should do maybe a little more, but I, I focus completely on sellers. My only buyers that I work with are either people I've worked with on the sale end that have a referral for a buyer right. or a, for a friend, you know, referrals, connections. But in terms of prospecting for buyers, I, I don't really do that. Um, and I, but just because I want to become a very strong listing agent. And so this way, uh, you know, once if, if we get 50% of the agents out of the market in the next couple of years, hopefully the, the ones that stick around will have more market share. I well, imagine that would be. You know, my thoughts on that. It's like, it's, you know, we, every once in a while we need to be like a self cleaning oven and we mm -hmm. get rid of, the junk, you know, right. and, and you being a listing agent, I'm sure you you are going to a listing appointments and you're competing yourself with agents that are much less qualified than you, but they're cheaper than you. And the sellers right. tend to do that. They try to get, so it's your job to say, listen, that agent is not the best. He's just the cheapest, you know? And so, you know, is that what you want? Mm -hmm. um, but as far as getting listings and everything and they get, you know, and you obviously you're going to get buyers. I, I, when I first started this uh, business, I was like, yeah, I was so focused on listings, but you, you, you tend to be a hunter with that. You hunt all the time, you know, and because when, when you finally get that listing and then they move, they're moving out of your area. So it's kind of harder for, for you to stay in touch with them. And then even for them to give you referrals because they're losing everybody, you know, they're leaving everybody behind in that market area. In New York, we, mm -hmm. we see a lot of people leaving New York, going to either Jersey or Florida, right? Florida is another borough of New York now. Um, you know, so we they, they tend to not be around that circle that can give you referrals. Now, if you have the patience to work with buyers, now you, 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 put them, you put them in a home that they love. They leave very happy with you because it's a different, you know, it's a different ball game working with buyers. And they tend to give you referrals for the next six, seven years, if you know how to do it until it's time for them to sell. So I think that's, you know, like, again, I, I avoided buyers in the beginning because I didn't have the time. When I was a cop, I had limited time. Couldn't mm -hmm. show buyers around all the time. But I think if you if you have that time, I think you should split it up pretty much equally because uh, buyers are definitely the people that will be supporting your business for years to come. Sellers, right. you know, they always, you know, they always think, you know, all right, I'm giving you 3%, 4%, 5% of this house. What did you really do to earn that much money? They walk away with a little bit of a resentment because you made that much money. And then they leave and then they go to a different area and everything. So, I, you know, that warm, fuzzy feeling doesn't exist as much as the buyer side. The buyer side, you know, every time, you know. They're so happy you got them. To, yeah, 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 you got them the property. You're associated with happiness. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I... I um. Definitely, definitely an important part, an important point. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Now, in terms of, there was a picture you posted and it said the realtors who dare to step out of the ranks are usually rewarded. So what exactly did you mean by that? Okay. So I, you're talking about the, uh, the all the black little individuals, like the black yep. soldiers, right? They're like uh, figurines. And then the one who stepped out of the line, they were all lined up. And the one who stepped out of the line, I made a graphic design. Uh, they, they they have their Remax colors. Okay, so 
I'm I re, I'm the recruiter here. I you know added my point is I I do the recruiting in my company, um, and I constantly try to show the value of working for a company like Remax. I'm big in referrals. I'm big in networking. So obviously, Remax is not only national; it's international. You could create relationships everywhere and continue to get referrals from other people in the Remax system, but there is um. Uh, Realtors are afraid to make the jump. Usually, um, they, th they we have a you know Remax has a, a reputation of fees. We don't have fees uh, per se. You could there's other options, but I think other brokers instill a lot of fear in in their in their agents that if you go to a company like Remax, you're going to be paying a lot of fees. You come to a company like Remax, you're going to be making a lot of money. That the fees are just part of the expense of conducting your business as if you opened up an, a business and you had to pay a lease for a new storefront and things like that, you know? So what my, my, that post was basically just saying, listen, get out of your comfort zone, get out of the protection of, of where you are right now that you feel comfortable that, you know, that, you know, you're, you're, you're you know, your, your uh, broker's giving you some leads every once in a while, which is to me, you know, there's a lot, you know, as a recruiter, I'm, I'm, I'm always seeing, you know, when I'm talking to an agent face to face and tell, well, how many leads are you going to give me? It's amazing that now that that's, that's their, their question. That's what they're always asking. Well, how many leads are you giving me? And I, my response is don't join a company for their leads because the, the day that your broker retires, you have to leave the, 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 the industry the day after because you have not built anything for yourself. Rely on a, on, a, on a company and a brokerage that is going to help you grow that business so you can generate your own leads. Correct. And, and, and you know, and then uh, like I'm all about branding. I mean, you probably you've seen it. I love the branding myself in certain ways. Um, and that's what Remax is all about. It's the brand. So when you walk into an appointment, you know, half my job is already done because I'm already associated with a top brand. Now it's the other 50% of my job is selling myself, showing what kind of guy I am, what kind of realtor I am. Um, and I try to show that to my to my realtors. So, yeah, that 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 post is just basically for the individuals who've made that that sacrifice, made that move, that uncomfortable move of calling their broker, asking for their license to be released, um, you know, starting all over and joining a company that you know they have no idea how to you know conduct themselves the way the way other Remax agents do, and they have to learn. anybody who's anybody who's done that has been rewarded. Um, and they're doing very, very well with us. Uh, we have a very successful rate. We don't lose agents, uh, uh, you know, to just like leaving the industry. One or two, yeah, we will take new ones, but the ones that we we take and from other companies and uh, we show them the Remax ways, they quickly realize, okay, this is the way to do business. That you got to treat it as a business. You got to you got to pay your taxes before you have to pay your taxes. You have to you have to make a but you know create a budget for marketing for other stuff like that. Yeah, uh, you know, there's time blocking for lead generation. There's time blocking for administrative stuff. You know, you got to you got to really be a business person. When you leave that comfort from the company that, you know, never really uh, provided that information and that, that service for you, when you leave that that comfort and you join something like Remax, you get rewarded because you took that chance and you see, you know, this is the way to build. This is the way to move ahead. This is the way to create a business that will last for years and years to come. Okay. So I, I didn't know if it was a recruiting thing. I thought it was just more, um, which is fine. I, I just thought it was more of, stepping outside the box as a real estate agent just if you're not comfortable making your calls go make your calls if you're not comfortable 
you know, uh, door knock and go door. That's what I, I guess. That's well, listen, if, if you took it that way, that's even better. I mean, that's, you know, right. I, 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 I like, so there was really, you know, if you take it with two different messages, it's both. It was good either way. Fine it, was good, for me. <laughs> it was a good message either way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So one last thing before we, uh, we commence or before we uh, wrap up, it was, there's so many agents. Cause this is just a, always a funny thing. I was, I went to my, uh, title, attorney's son's bar mitzvah yesterday <laughs> great time great great meats just smoked meats and all that i love that i'm just a really big meat person so it was amazing i saw tons of people i knew you know just really connected with people barely drank anything but i ended up having the the, the father you know the, the bar mitzvah boy's father he stood on my shoulders not just sat on my <laughs> shoulders he, he i guess when he was younger it was one of his things he did so when, it, when my, my buddy was going to do it, but he didn't feel confident he could carry him. So I just ended up doing it. It was a blast. I had a great time. So anyway, um, I was talking to a few people and we were just talking about how there's so many agents, especially in my, in South Florida because of the tropics and everyone likes to flex and drive their Lamborghinis. It's just, it, it's like yeah. that. I'm sure you know that. You definitely know that. So why do you think these agents do this? And and what do you think is the drawback of doing it? Because they're they do it because they're hoping that they can fake it till they make it. Enough people are naive enough to not really look at their numbers. They see them, you know, in, standing in front of a Lamborghini or they're constantly posting other people's listings that, you know, other people's $5 million listings that aren't actually theirs. Right. And people are congratulating them on deals that they've never done. Why do you think these agents do this? And what would you say to agents that, that think about doing this and why they, why they shouldn't like, just give me a whole. So, or if you think it's a good idea, I'm, I'm open, but I no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I won't do it. But yeah, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, you get called out quickly on that, and the people I think that anyone with you, a brain is going to see you for your shit, and they're going to exactly. You know, there are people yeah. that actually know you, and they know you don't have a land beginning, and they know it's you don't ridiculous. have a five million dollar listing. Ridiculous. That's what I don't understand. Is it? Don't you feel embarrassed because the people that know you read right through it? Right. Like that's exactly. just why it doesn't. And those are the people yeah. that you're going to see often. So right. Are they going to be like, um, you phony? Like, I know you yeah, for 15 you years. <laughs> you know, okay. Rafi, I, I feel like we're, uh, we live in that world that everybody gets a trophy now. You know, you just show yep. a, a, a team, you, you, you participate, you play every game and you get a trophy. Then no matter, you could be dead last, you get a trophy. So I think uh, we're teaching our, our youth and, and, and uh, society that it doesn't really take that hard work to make it succeed. Um I don't know. I always say to my, I joke around with my friends my age and we say like, if I was young and grew up in these times, I would be a billionaire because the amount of work that I put into it every day, I would have, I have my competition be limited because everybody just wants to show up and expect things to be done for them. And being a broker, you see it all the time. You're like, what? You know, when, when I became a realtor, I, I, I I had no guidance. I mean, I had to go out and learn myself. I had to, you know, back then, you know, YouTube wasn't even that big. So I had to go to, you know, bookstores and read books and and, and get mentoring and, and get coaching. I did it all myself. Um, and and it, it's okay that you, you're driving a Honda. It really is, mm -hmm. you know, and it's okay that, you know, you're, uh, you, you're putting up your little townhome as a listing. It's okay. The majority of the people that will be giving you money, by the way, because they're going to turn into clients, fall into that category of the middle class. So you know, if you're if you're uh, marketing yourself as you know, 
a, a typical realtor that that you know is doing what he's got doing, grinding every day, driving a normal car, dressing nice, obviously professional, putting up their listings that are moderate listing. Well, guess what? Your market share is much much larger than the twenty two year old that just got their license. And they're taking phony pictures in front of a car that they couldn't even afford to lean on, let alone buy, you know, and a listing that they probably never even been into, you know, because they don't know any friends or people that could afford that, you know. So who are you marketing yourself to? The people that is, you know, a father of three and, 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 and a husband is going to go find that, that, that realtor that is successful and closing a lot of deals in homes that he wants or, you know, so he's not going to go for that superstar. He's going to find you. So I think, um, it, 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 listen, it's, it's glamorous, but it's not real. And I think mm -hmm. it makes our industry that much tougher because you listen, let's call it the way it is. You being a listing agent going out there, you're competing with a lot of people that are nowhere near close to your skills and professionalism and you're competing against them when you should never, you, you know, right. you should be able to walk in there, done deal, close, not even talk about compensation commission. They're like, all right, listen, you're, you're, you're my guy. You know exactly how to solve all my problems and I want to be there at this time. But they're competing with people like that, regions like that, that are just basically shallow behind the face of social media. And- oh. Right, they create a, a bad reputation for us. There's so many different factors. It's also could be, you know, I'm going on a listing appointment, and a young lady went on the appointment after me. She has a kid, maybe that reminds her of the of the seller's kid. There could be so many different factors where there's a connection. Even if I'm a better agent technically, there's something about that other agent that clicked. Certain conversation, a certain way yeah. they look. There's certain yeah. so many factors. And that's what I just what I realized is it's a it's a long play and you're constantly improving and constantly learning what works and what doesn't. Dude, I, I mean I'll say it. I, I had two listings I was working on. Both of them went with different agents today. One of them, one of them uh I went with a friend of mine, a colleague of mine. Okay. And she just the other agent, the, the other agent that the owner went with is more experienced than we are. She's been in the business quite a lot longer than we are. And she's done more sales. And I say, you know what? She beat us to it. It is what it is. I just got to get better, you know? That's right. She didn't even want to say it in the beginning. She she kind of just didn't want to go into it. But my my buddy kind of pressed her because he called her, not me. Um, and it is what it is. I took it on the chin. Happens. It is what it is. Nothing I could do. I mean, all I could do is, is move forward. Then I had another one that I went on in my neighborhood. had a great connection with the uh, the son or the, the son of the prop, the son of the owner. And when I say son, the, the son is in his 50s. The owner must be in his 80s. Owner is very stubborn about price. Mm -hmm. The property is considerably overpriced. But the father, the guy who owns the unit, the guy in his 80s, he went with an agent that is just listing it at this unreal, unrealistic price. So the the son and the daughter, they really liked me. They just, they're like, you're great. My husband, the I went to meet with the wife because I initially spoke to the husband. This was a cold call. Husband and I got into a nice conversation. We were talking about different things, spoke about the property. I came with the comps, took pictures of the unit. I was going to do professional pictures, obviously, but I just, you know, took some pictures just so I had them. And she's like, my husband really likes you. She had a, you had a great conversation with you. You're definitely in the running, which obviously is always jibber jabber until you get the deal. Yeah, until, yeah. But I felt it was a great 
it was good. You know, I think I did very well. And then that was it. You know, I, I don't think it went badly. I think whatever happened, happened. Well, and... out of the two with the overpriced listing is probably the, the the safest one that probably will come back to you. So my advice to you is today, write them a little thank you note for taking the time to meet with you. Mm -hmm. you tell them that you enjoyed their conversation, that you enjoyed meeting with them, that mm -hmm. um, although you listed with somebody else, I really can't reach out to you. But if you ever have any questions, feel free to you know call me and I'll and I'll well, give you Yeah, so I texted her that. I mean, I think you know what I think would be going above and beyond, which I think is perfect. I definitely think it's a good move. But I sent her one thing I've realized, and I got this from Ricky and other realtors, and, I, and I've just solidified that. No matter what happens, even if a friend of mine goes with another agent, Mm -hmm. I congratulate them. Yes. I have a smile on my face. I thank them. You know, I say, no, thank them. But, you know, I say, hey, it's all good. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad you found the house or I'm glad you sold the house. Because I also realized I listened to, I forgot who this was. It wasn't a realtor, but it was, it was an entrepreneur who spoke and said, people have this notion that just because you're friends with someone, they owe you the business. It's like, they don't. I uh, know. If they don't feel you're the best person right. for the job, or there was just another person at the time that found them the house. You got to earn your stripes. They don't yeah. owe you anything. He's like the, the person who said this is oftentimes in business, you're the earlier years in business, you're gonna get business from people you don't even know. And then sure. over the course of time, your friends are gonna see that you really, you know, put your got your footing in the game. And then they'll then then maybe they'll work with you. I've had I've definitely had friends I've worked with for sure, but a lot of my business was from complete strangers. And yeah. I can't expect somebody to just just say, hey, man, we've known each other for 10 years. I'm just going to work with you because I'm sure that will happen, too. But I also have to live in the real world. You know, I can't just expect it. No, you can't expect it. And, and if it, it doesn't always work out, but you can always exit gracefully. That sure. it's easy. My, my advice to you is always make them make it easy for them to to come back to you, to pick 100%. up their phone and say, you know what? Ralph, you 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 were right the whole time. You were honest with me that this other guy lied to me. He just wanted just to, to get the it. listing. Yep. Exactly. Make it easy for them to come back. Like when you yep. when you lose an agent as a as a recruiter and you lose an agent, they, don't you know? Make it easy for them to come back because it, it 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 is always possible. There's always a chance that that client, that realtor, could come back and and need you, and they're just basically afraid to reach out to you because you know they got egg on their they face. Got upset. Yeah. So, so true. Take it away. You, so you know. true. Um, and I'm so happy I realized this from an early, an early, you know, an early age and an early into my career because there are agents that get so bitter. Can't yes. believe you didn't hire me. We're best friends. It's like, listen, man, it's their house, their choice. Like, you, you if you get bitter about it, they'll pro first of all, it'll, it'll hinder their relationship. You'll probably never work with them again. Well, so right. you got to look at it where you might have worked with them. What if something went wrong? You know, what if anything could have happened? And now you guys have a bad relation. You know, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all for the best. You never know. So and you know what? That's you can how stay I look at it. After, even if their homes do get sold and they move on, now you can stay in touch with them and you can ask for referrals because they might've had 100%. a great feeling towards you. Because they might say, oh yeah, this guy was a complete jerk. He got my house sold, but what a horrible experience. And they can now they say, well, I know this, you know, they could tell other people, I know this guy. He stayed in touch with me even afterwards. He didn't have to, you know, right. You know, interact with them on social media if you can, things like that. I, listen, there's ways of saving relationships. There's ways of, uh, you know, uh, building a, a rapport and, and you know, and just communicating with them so that it's easy for them to come back to you and ask for, you know, give you business. 100%. Give you 100%. I, th I think it's just, uh, yeah, 
these are these are super important lessons. So I'm taking them with me. I know they'll I know they'll pay off in the long run. It's just it's just having a positive attitude. Yeah, absolutely. Having a positive attitude. Listen, there's a sea of money out there. We can't take the whole sea. Hundred percent. Bucket. You just want one big bucket and you know take out that that water. There's enough for everybody. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, Sal, this has been an awesome conversation. Looking forward to to speaking to you in the future. I like I said, I'm originally from Brooklyn. I moved here five years ago, so I don't know. Do you primarily spend your time in in Staten Island? I feel like you're in Staten Island. Is well, right? I'm in, the main office is in Staten Island, but I have a, yeah. I have one office in Bay Ridge. You know, I'm sure you know what Bay Ridge is. I know it all. Yeah, yeah, I have family yeah, so, in Staten Island, which is yeah, a, yeah. and we're we're on the South Shore of Staten Island, we're in the North Shore of Staten Island, and we're in the, you know in Bay Ridge. Um, yeah, but I do business everywhere. So if you ever need anything from me, five boroughs, I got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, first of all, I have I have a really good buddy that works at Remax. Um, his name is Itamar. Itamar. Uh, there's probably so many agents that you probably. Oh not yeah. Kind of yeah, we have this big company. Well, yeah, but he works with um, oh, what's his name again? Uh, I'm sure you. And what uh borough? I think he's. I think he's in Bay Ridge. I think his office is in Bay Ridge. So, so probably Remax Edge. Uh, Remax. So, what's what's the guy's name at Remax Edge? The the broker, uh, Napolitano. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. 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 That's who it is. Correct. Yeah, we know. So him. one of my, one of my best buddies. He he's a realtor with Remax Edge. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. Sal, this has been awesome. So I maybe, hopefully at some point you and I can meet. I'm very yes. happy with. So I work for a boutique luxury company. Nice. And the reason why I joined, I was at Keller Williams initially, and I liked it. But I'll be very transparent. Um, and I can say this about all Keller Williams. And I liked the people there. Sweetest people. It was a very good environment. And I have nothing bad to say. It's not bad. The only thing that I found was that certain offices kind of have too much of a Kool-Aid culture. Yes. And I kind of, I don't need to be motivated. I don't need to be told to get on the phones. I need to learn to get better at the skills. Right. So that's what I'm doing. That's just what happens naturally over time. There are a lot of agents that leave a nine to five and they don't, they just want things to come to them. I don't need that. I'll, I'll do the work. I'll grind it out. I'll roll through the shit. So I don't need that, that kumbaya stuff. And that's, I felt there was a little too much of that. And I wanted to be in a company where the people are just much, it's much more simple. There's less of the clappity clap. Congratulations. Right. It's more of just, you know, get the deal done. Let's get deals done. Um, they're very helpful, very supportive, but they don't hold your hand as much, which I'm okay with. The thing for me is I want the proximity and the two brokers that I'm working with are some of the two of, they are at the top of their game in, in my area. So I like, I want to be around them and I want to be able to leverage that where if I have say a $7 million listing, cause I, I was, I was close to doing a $40 million deal not long ago, but yeah, uh, great. it was, I, you know, the long story, we can go into it off, off the, the video. I would, tell people about it but it's a long story <laughs> so i want to be able to have that leverage where at keller williams no one was really doing those kinds of deals right if i get a seven million dollar seller it's not that i don't feel confident that i that i'm worthy of it but i'm punching i'm punching above my weight at this point yeah. i that's quite a big jump and i'd rather be able to really solidify it by saying hey before he, this guy, this guy or, or gal goes and looks up my my sales because in that price point, many of them will do that. Absolutely, I'd rather bring my broker on board, have a much higher chance of getting yes. that listing or or buyer for that matter. But that listing, okay, I take a 50, 50 a fifty percent hit, but I'm I have a much higher chance of getting it all together. Yeah, and also I'll, I'll be able to 
make that seller much happier by by saying this this broker of mine he's got the credentials he's done this many times we'll get the deal done so there's a confidence i have going into it saying i have my broker backing me up and doing this with me where there's a much higher chance of it closing and closing well and then over the course of time i'll do a few more of them with him or with someone else if, if so it's you don't a different have to area anymore. and then i won't have to anymore well, i'll have the deals well, under my belt I'll have the credibility. I'll have yes. the experience, and eventually, I won't have to do it. That's that's. You think it's that's a good strategy? Yeah? Keep on doing it until you don't. You know, you fake it until you, you know, you don't have to fake it no more. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm not even. The thing is, is I'm 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 really honest about it though. When I've I've had a few deals that I've been really close to getting recently, and I'll tell them flat out, like I'll say, hey, uh, either this neighborhood I I haven't focused so much on it, or I have I'm a little bit younger in the game. Right, but I have a, an agent that I work with who's more than qualified. Why would they have an issue with that? Well, think about the sellers, the owners of those type of homes. They're pretty savvy. I mean, they're you know they're they're in a position in life that they've you know that they're they're they know what they're doing. So if you came doing. in, you were very honest with them. They're willing to take a shot on you because they're probably saying, "Well, listen, this guy's got a lot to prove. He's you know he's he's hungry, and I like that." You know, and if he has the support of his of a staff back at the at the office, and if it comes down to it, at least if I have a a problem and he can't solve it, he could find the solution through. His well, it's also not even staff back at the office. This is hands on. I'm going fifty fifty with this broker, so, so it's not like I'm I'm just dilly dallying and I can just call him when I know my broker's we're right in, he's got skin in the game because we're doing it. We're going fifty fifty. You know, I might even say my broker's a really nice dude, both of them, but if. If it's a huge deal and say the seller's expecting a ton of marketing money that I don't have, I'll say, hey, man, listen, I don't care to take 40% right. or whatever it is. Like, it's just, it's silly stuff. If I if I can get that deal under my belt, let's do it. You know, Absolutely. that's my taste. Good. Yeah. All right. So, Sal, I appreciate you coming. It was an awesome conversation. Yes, I really, enjoyed really, it. Really, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm happy. I don't, I don't do, I don't do the whole question. I'll ask you questions, but I want to have conversation as if you and I are sitting down in person. That's always more valuable. Yeah. So that's uh, that's Absolutely. what we did. So ladies and gents, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, leave your comments. Go follow Rafi the Realtor on Instagram. I think there's another Rafi the Realtor. So Rafi underscore the underscore Realtor. It's the better looking one with the beard. <laughs> and uh, make sure to follow Sal Carolla. That's S-A-L-C-A-R-O-L-A. -A -A. I'm going to list it in the description. I'm going to put his link in the description so you can find it. If you are in the tri-state area and you are either a newer realtor or you're a realtor that's kind of lost, you're not sure where to go, make sure to reach out to Sal. Absolutely. So thank that's you again. Thank you again for coming on. Absolutely. So the episode will be out not this, not tomorrow, but next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Okay. So uh, I'll send it to you and you can do whatever you want. If you want to make some some uh, clips and put it somewhere, that's what I usually do. But if you want to chop it up on your own, um, I have a guy. If you have a guy, whatever the case is. But uh, that is the story. So thank you. Right. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for your time. Talk Have a great soon. day. Absolutely. All righty.